Hey everyone, this is Chris Cordetti, the new music spotlight nerd. I've got the spreadsheets to prove it. You're listening to Jay Scott on the Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Good evening, everybody. Once again, it's another episode of The Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. This is Jay Scott, and I am hoping that you're going to escape with me for the next hour with a repeat offender, a repeat guest, and that is Tommy White from the band from New York City, Love Honey. What's going on, man? How are you? Hey, hey, what's going on? I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing all right, Jay. Uh, good, good to hear you, man. It's, and it's good to be back. Yeah, it's good to hear your voice again, man. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for doing this. Um, God, it's been when was you came on in like what the the spring or, or early spring? Yeah. Later? When was yeah, it? Yeah, early. That yeah, around that around that time, and then I was that seems that seems like it was a. Uh, Quite a, quite some time, you know, but it wasn't too it wasn't too long ago. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy because you know I've mentioned this before in several episodes of the podcast that every year we all experience different things, and we always have those time markers that allow us to look back and think of, oh yeah, that was the winter of this year, that was the spring of that year, the the summer, the fall, and so on. In this year. It's so difficult because there's none. There's no time markers, right? I mean, unless I mean, I know yeah, some people have so traveled, and some people have done some stuff. But compared compared to years before and years prior, <laughs> it's really hard to kind of go back and you know when was that? Was that last year? Or was that this year? You know, it's like <laughs> right, I, I, I can't right. even yeah. differentiate between. What happened, you know, at the end of 2019 versus, you know, this year? And it's just, I guess it's just, a, you know, a, an, a, a, an issue for our times, you know? I mean, how long this is going to go on? You know, cases right. are spiking all over the place. I know New York has gotten hit pretty hard, and they're getting pretty hit pretty hard again, just like Chicago. Chicago didn't yeah. really get hit as hard as we expected, but... Um, yeah, it's just it's it's just an odd odd time, a crazy time, and uh, you know, hopefully by mid two thousand twenty one, we're we're kind of moving past all this stuff. Yeah, I I really uh I really like to to think so and hope so because it's you know so many times we've had we've all been in those conversations with people where we said wait we just said that we'll be you know, when this gets better, you know what I mean? When this gets better, you know, so it's been a lot of, you know, ups and downs and, and a lot of, a lot of confusion, a lot of like, uh, not knowing what looks ahead. So, you know, but all we can do is, you know, look ahead, you know, with that, you know what I mean? It is tough because, 
I think most of us always are always looking forward, right? We're looking towards the future right. and what's going to happen and what we're going to do. And, and it's just difficult because it just seems like life's paused and, you know, we're just kind of waiting for things to get back to normal. And we don't know if it's going to be like before, if it's going to be different, what's going to happen. I know Ticketmaster just came out with a big thing either last week or a week before that, that, you know, they're not going to allow you into a concert in 2021 unless you can prove that you've been vaccinated or if you take a rapid COVID test right there, you know? Um, and that's, and that's pretty crazy when you think about it, you know? Um, but I guess like any private company, like any, you know, most of these places where people play, they're, they're not, you know, they're privately owned and they can pretty much do whatever they want. It's a privately owned company, just like no shoes, no shirt, no service, you know, no, (laughs) no, no, no proof of test. You can't get in. I mean, it's not, you know, right. It's it's, going to be some, uh, I think we've, we've seen, we've seen the thing and, you know, on TV with some angry Karens, we're going to see, we're going to see that times a million if they can't get in to see Bon Jovi on their next, <laughs> on their next show. So, uh, I think, uh, we're going to have to, uh, you know, really look into that. Cause a lot of people are not going to, they're going to want to go to their show and, and not want to show that they proved, you know, not have proof that they, you know, got a test or did what they needed to do, you know? Yeah, no, it's, it's a definite scary time, a frightening time, you know, but there needs to be safeguards in place if, you know, if people are not going to get vaccinated or, you know, if, you know, there's only a couple options. Right. And and that is get vaccinated or go into a stay at home order. Well, people don't right. want to get vaccinated because they don't trust the vaccine. And I don't disagree with them because it has been rushed. It does seem like it's been rushed. And I'm not an anti-vaxxer type of person, but, you know, I can, I can understand that argument that, you know, listen, this has only been in trials for three, four months, or if that, you know, what do we do? What do we know about the long-term effects? So I understand that. And then, but then the other option is to stay at home, lock everything down. So that, so it goes away, but People are not willing to do that, so it's kind of like pick a lane. You got, we got to do something, right? Got it. Um, we got to do. We, yeah, we have to do something. Because I even, I don't know if you've uh, heard about it. I heard about something probably a couple of weeks ago uh, that they were that had been developed and was working, but they have to go through the you know the different channels to get it out, and that's the like nasal spray or something where it would kind of just mask you from it for 24 hours. So if someone was like allergic to the vaccine or just didn't want to be vaccinated, this would prevent them for like, uh, from catching it within 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah. I think I read that too. So, yeah. So it's all types of, all types of different things. But like you said, I I mean, the, the healthy, you know, the welfare of the people at the concert that, that are going and of the, the performers, you know, that always, that has to be looked at. And so, all these things are, you know, crucial, but because we've seen, you know, some people have gone and put on concerts and that's, and they've, and they've been disasters as far as, you know, spreading and stuff like that. So, you know. Yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah, I have a pre existing condition. And, you know, for me to go to a concert, I really got to trust that, you know, I'm in a good place. I'm in a good, safe place. And I don't yeah. know how I'm going to feel once it starts, you know, the stuff starts rolling out. 
and what these venues are going to do. So it, there's a lot of questions. And, and I just think before people judge and before people get upset with this or that, let's just wait till all the information comes out. Let's just wait and see how they're going to do this. Let's not jump the gun and say, this is a violation of this. This is a violation of that. You know, I'm, I'm sure a, a large corporation like Ticketmaster or Live Nation understands the legality and the exposure that they have. So I'd like to think that they're going to do everything possible to make sure everyone's safe and their information is safe too and secure. So we shall yeah. see, man. We shall see. We, you know? shall, <laughs> we shall, we shall, we shall see. I mean, it's going to be a really, like you said, a, a different, different ball game, but you know, people want to perform and people want to see concerts. So, but you know, now it has to be looked at in a, in a different way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tommy, let's get into the love, honey. So, right. you know, you got the EP that came into, in, into, uh, I'm sorry. You got the EP that was released in June. Yeah. Called yeah, victory, okay. which was, was what? Two songs, two or three songs. Yeah. Two songs. That one, that was two songs. It was actually funny. It was, those, those were recorded the same time as, as the, the EP before that Cruda. And so we, you know, we had about like, you know, three or four songs left over. So, so we could have like released it and called it like the Cruda sessions, but we just ended up, you know, coming out, dropping the two songs since we felt like it was kind of, it went, it went well with what was happening, you know, in the country at the time, I guess. you know. Right. Now you've got a full length album, your first full length album, which is coming yeah. out in February. So, how did this all come about? I mean, we're in a pandemic. Was this all written and recorded, you know, while all this stuff was going on? What what uh, what happened with that? Well, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a really good question. Now, uh, when we, when it it came about very spontaneously, the uh, in terms of uh, I would say recording and doing it when we did it because. We had always wanted to do a full-length record, but, you know, we went through the route of EPs because, you know, financially it was, it was, it was, you know, more accessible and, um, and it just worked that we could be able to let out three songs at one time, you know, and, and then, you know, every band dreams of, you know, wanting to get signed and that type of stuff. So, you know, that was kind of the thing. Here's how we sound. But as time continued, we got more in the place where we said, well, how about we just, you know, think about, you know, making our own, making a full length because, uh, we can't wait around forever for, uh, labels to kind of figure out who we are. And, uh, during a time when we, re, uh, during the lockdown, you know, everyone's trying to figure out what to do. We haven't been able to practice or see each other and stuff like that. And, um, after the victory EP, we still wanted, to, we still felt like that we felt, you know, we felt like that wasn't new, even though it was new for us, it didn't feel new because we had recorded it at the same time accruda. So we really wanted for people to kind of hear and where we were right now and how far we feel like we've advanced from the last session. So, um, we, you know, keeping up with the news, we, heard that if you know cases started to go down and stuff like that okay i said okay guys now that they're opening up stuff for a minute we this might be a chance for us to uh go in and, and you know record record a record 
And so at that time, you know, we were just corresponding via group chat. And then once we agreed upon it, we said, uh, you know, okay, we're not going to be able to practice or really do anything, but you know, I'm down. Everyone was like, I'm down to, to do it. So we had about either two, I'm going to say two or three of the 10 songs that we recorded. The, the guys already knew how to play them and we had practiced them and, and performed uh, one of the songs. We, we had started performing it live. And uh, the rest all came from Allie and I just corresponding on the telephone. I would send her a voice message of a guitar. I said, I got this idea for a song, send it to her. And then we would talk like, you know, a couple of days of what she felt about it and what was going on and what she needed me to do. And then we would put together a zoom and where I would just show her the new riff that I had and stuff like tell her the, the vibe that I was going for. And then she would start to, you know, write. So we would start, so we would just do sessions like that. And, um, I was writing a lot during, uh, you know, quarantine. I was, I was you know, playing and writing for a lot of the, so, so many riffs were just coming to me so quick. And I was like, oh man, this is really good. So I would just record them on my memo and send it to her. So by that time, we, uh, you know, we said, I, I found we could rent an RV and uh, Airbnb so that we, the plan was, okay, if we're going to record for a week, why don't we quarantine ourselves for a week to play everything safe so we don't have to be running back and forth to, uh, you know, back to the different houses and places where we live. And so we rented like an Airbnb, did that, booked time at the place where we had uh, loved to go, which was uh, Sabella Studios, where we did our previous EP. And um, just the first day was really just showing um, Matt and Tom the songs and, and showing them, you know, this is how, and, and then them, but it's showing, you know, this is the riff, this is the verses, the chorus, and, and then Allie touching things up, writing at that particular time. So we have basically one practice where I showed the guys we went through the whole whole record in that one practice and then we said okay we'll come in the next day and try to just uh, come what you know see how it see how it goes and it, it just that five months man that we were away it was almost like it recharged us because we just boom just kicked it out right after that and 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 that was it. I'm trying to do it as quick as I can. <laughs> it's interesting because, you know, you mentioned that this was the first time that you put together new material in what, a couple of years? Uh, probably since, since Cruda. So, so a little while. So maybe probably like a, a year. I think. Probably, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Probably like a, a year whenever whenever Cruda came out we we hadn't released anything since then so until coming up with Victory and like I said that was recorded at the time we did the, the Cruda EP so it was still so it wasn't fresh you know so so whenever whenever that was that was the last time but it felt longer it felt long for us because for the simple fact that we were you know we hadn't seen each other in five months that's almost a half a year right there so yeah, you know. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's what I was getting to. So you go a year really without even write, writing any new material. You have this pandemic right. hit, and you start to collaborate and create music. Was it a challenge? I mean, how or I should say, how much of a challenge 
was that to kind of kind of you know reintroduce yourself to each other as you know because everyone is evolving as musicians and here you are you know locked up not locked up but locked down and 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 now you've got to communicate through zoom or wherever whatever platform you use and you're writing music with each other that i mean that's an interesting that's an interesting way to make music and create Oh, for sure, and it was, and it was definitely the dynamic was completely different from how you know everyone was accustomed to. Because normally we would get together and and practice. We have the uh, practice facility where I work, and so the process would be I would I would you know bring the riffs bring the riffs in and you know the age of the verse chorus blah blah, and Tom would start playing Matt would start playing the bass and then Allie would just sit down with her notebook and and just start to vibe off of that and and we were able to uh, quickly understand if, if the song was going to work or if it wasn't going to work because we were all in the room together and it was much easier for people to you know pick up and, and uh, create their part and, and figure out what, what didn't work whereas in this case it was same thing of me like writing you know writing the riff coming up with the coming up with how it's going to arrange in my head but I couldn't I wasn't with Tom and Matt I wasn't I wasn't able to show it to them and Allie wasn't able to hear it with everything before she could start to write and, and that's normally how we write is where she hears the drums the guitar the bass everything in that room and I'll record that on the phone and, you know, and I'll send that and I'll send that to her and then I'll record her whatever version she had where she might've just been mumbling on top of it to kind of get an idea of something. And so that's how we would always write, write our, write the music that we had previously released. Every single EP was, was written in, in that, you know, in that vein. And this time it was totally different. So it, it, it was really kind of, uh, cool to get with Allie and you know say this is what I say. I got this idea for this cool R&B song but it's going to be big and it's going to be boom boom and all this stuff but there was no drums there was nobody there to, to to give the example of what I had in my head <clears throat> so that that process was completely different and then getting together uh, with the with the guys in that short span of time that we had that one day to actually write the songs and put them together, uh, that was that was a trip because it was just like, okay, this is how it goes, and blah, boom, um, and then everyone's now kind of getting the rust off in terms of because Tom hadn't had an opportunity to actually play drums because in his apartment, you know, he couldn't he couldn't play drums in the apartment in Manhattan, so that was you know. It was relieving, relieving. I know, you know, for everyone to be able to finally get together and make some noise. But the process of me and Allie putting it together was was quite fascinating. Considering like there's some big, heavy songs on on this record, and it was just like me sending her a voice note and her doing some stuff, and then it ended up being this what you hear on the record. So uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I noticed it was a lot more a lot of your stuff is raw it's got a very natural organic feel to it which is what I love about you guys 
And this was, I think, even more. You really hear her a lot of, you know, just raw energy between you guys in the music. Was that, you know, something that you were looking to do or that just happened? I think I think a little bit I think a little bit of both, but uh, because you know when you hadn't you know seen everyone for a long time, we was just we was just so happy when we all met up that first day to you know to see each other. It was like oh man, this is great. We missed everybody. So when we got in the studio, we started playing the songs. Uh, a lot of the ones like the couple that we had already done before, we were just playing the more aggressive, more you know, more hyped and more pumped up because it was like, oh man, we're doing it. No, we, you know, we're actually, you know, recording. But for the process of the album, I know that, you know, Ali and I, we wanted to be able to have a lot of energy in the songs that had that kind of, you know, very rocking feeling because we knew we were going to have some really mellow songs that would really kind of mellow people out. So we wanted to, create that balance kind of have like very very energetic but then very very vibey and to kind of show the many moods that everybody's been in you know during the time that we've been on lockdown you know was it difficult to be creative and to you know to write music while under a lockdown i mean did you have to pull it out of yourself or was it no different than before It was um, definitely different at first because, you know, um, prior to the lockdown happening, I was, you know, lucky enough to work in a music studio. And so 85, 90% of all the songs that we've written or previous EPs, I had written those riffs at work and in an environment where I can have my amp loud and I can hear all my effects. I can really just, I can make feedback. I can do all these things that, you know, serve the purpose of however I was writing, you know, material. So fast forward to when the uh, pandemic hit and, you know, we, I, the job, we, we had to close things down because, you know, during that time. So while home, it wasn't, <laughs> Uh, it wasn't an easy thing to kind of adjust to, you know, having to turn down or, you know, having to kind of be at that bedroom volume to write and, and create. So for me personally, I had to kind of adjust to this is where I'm going to write stuff because I would all, I would practice at my house all the time, but all my writing though, believe it or not happened happen at work that's where I was just most inspired because when I would come home I would you know want to relax and I and I really wouldn't get inspired by writing uh but but at work I was just super inspired because I was surrounded by music so um I went through a definitely spell of not you know you know not 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 having any riffs not being really inspired to to play to play uh to play and once I kind of just, you know, realized, okay, this is what this is happening right now. I can't, you know, see my bandmates. I can't, you know, practice. I have to kind of just focus because I love music and I can't, you know, you know stop doing what I love to do. So I picked the guitar back up and I kind of just adjusted to, 
you know, this being my creative space to actually uh, write, write music. And, and sure enough, after a little while, stop, you know, start practicing and getting it together. It started to flow. And then it, and then again, it just started feeling like I was at work again, like I was, you know, in that, in that environment. And I was, as soon as I started writing that stuff, that's when I started, you know, you know, I would hit up Tom, uh, my drummer FaceTime and say, Hey dude, let's get together. Just FaceTime. I want to show you the stuff that I was coming up with. And then I started, you know, doing the same thing with Allie and she would tell me she's writing poetry and different stuff like that. And so and I, you know, I was able to get out of that kind of dark space of, of not feeling creative and once it opened back up, a bunch of, you know, material came out of it. So, you know, I guess I got lucky. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I've talked to a lot of musicians regarding the same, you know, this this very thing, you know, how much of a challenge is the creative process when you're making music during this pandemic? And, you know, some are, you know, just not doing much because they're not doing much and they need to experience life in order to feel things and to write about those things that they feel. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's interesting. Did you find yourself writing music about these times or did you just have ideas already in place that you wanted to write about? Uh, for me, um, lots of times uh, my mood will put me in a situation of what I want to listen, what I want to listen to. And, um, lots of times when I listen to music, I'll then get ideas, you know, get inspired and, and, and want to make a riff or something in that vein. So, um, when I was listening, I was, I, I was listening to like a lot of Black Sabbath, like the first two, two records, listening to that a lot and just looking, listening at, listening to the picture that's, that's being painted and, I was hearing that and I was listening to Funkadelic uh, and just all that music and it was making me kind of feel like in that world and then I was comparing that world to the world of today and seeing how closely connected a lot of the things that are being talked about and said in these records. So So when I started to write I started to write with what I was hearing in my head from listening to these albums and then what I was just, you know, with the news because I got to a point where I didn't like want to hear anything on the news. So I would say, okay, I'm not going to look at Yahoo or anything because when I hear the news, it's going to be something dreadful. But then I'm hearing the music and I'm hearing all the sounds of Sabbath. I'm hearing Funkadelic. I'm hearing all the guitars and everything else. I'm like, okay, but there's dreadfulness, but then there's beauty at the same time. And so when that happened, I was able to, I was saying to myself that I wanted to create this kind of dark environment, but that, but that there was beauty to that environment. And um, so I started thinking about songs and how that would come together in that type of way. And then, and so then it just started, it started happening. Because I guess, you know, being a guitar player, 
I, I listen to music or I listen to those bands and I can only sometimes just hear the guitar. I don't hear anything else but just the guitar. And then that could, and then so those guitars were just speaking to me. And I was like, oh man, I, I, I want to, I want to, I want to do something. I want to do something that put, that put these two worlds together. I wanted to combine that kind of Tony Iommi with Eddie Hazel and like said, that would be crazy to do some stuff like that. And, um, Allie was writing a lot of stuff that was in her head and how she was feeling. And, um, you know, we just got together and said, okay, let's, what type of concept can we come up with? What are we feeling? You know, we wanted to, well, let's make something psychedelic. And, uh, cause that's how we're feeling. We're feeling like, you know, we're in a, another dimension and everything. So, and that's how it started to cultivate itself. So, it was definitely inspired by the times and and then my love and fascination with kind of like late 60s and 70s rock and soul music. So that's always going to be an inspiration to me. So then I just tied that into what we were feeling about today. You know? It's interesting because I had a conversation a few days ago with Tyler Baker from Goodbye June. And he, all their stuff got canceled. Their, their tour to Europe got canceled. Everything, you know, got shut down just like everybody else. And he was listening to Highway to Hell by ACDC. And he just Mm. couldn't stop listening to it. And he got inspired to just record dry, just plug right into, you know, the amp and no effects you know, no pedals, just rock and roll. And it's interesting. Wow. It's kind of similar, you know, thing with you where, you know, had you been out and playing gigs and touring and doing all this stuff, you may have never found that inspiration in Sabbath or Funkadelic or whatever. And, right. you know, out of something, yeah, out of something bad, something good always happens. So it's interesting how, you know, because of the circumstance, because of the situation, here you find yourself being re-inspired by an album you probably heard several times before. <laughs> yes, that's crazy. Yeah. That's, that's so true. Like stuff that I've that I heard so many times, um, and I'm like, but yet at this particular time, it, it was just speaking to me in a different in a different way, and it was just I said, oh, because I think honestly, you know, had this stuff not been happening. I probably would have been writing a, uh, a, a record that would probably be more maybe like folky and, and uh, really, really kind of blues rocky and, and that kind of way of like like the first three Neil Young records and stuff like that. Because I know prior to the pandemic, I was just on a Neil Young rampage and I was writing a lot of stuff in that vein and um and i was doing stuff with the 12 string guitar and doing different tunings listening to a lot of david crosby stuff and um i was showing a lot of the folky stuff a lot of the folk stuff to Allie, and she was starting to write on stuff like that and um then it just went boom the switch just went off and i you know started listening to back i started listening to Sabbath again I started listening to the first three Funkadelic records again and then all of a sudden 
my guitar just woke up and said, okay, this is what I want to do right now. And I said, okay, I said, lead me, you know, lead me the way, lead me. It's amazing how a situation that you're dealing with can change how you listen to something. You know, I mean, right. you've probably heard the records you've, you listened to the Funkadelic, the Sabbath albums many times. And, you know, and not to say that, you know, it, it doesn't change, but you, you know, whether we realize it or not, we're changing as we continue through life. And as we grow right. and mature, things sound different, but when you're dealing with a pandemic and you're dealing with the frustration of pausing your life, postponing your life because you've got to deal with this. Everyone's got to deal with this. It's a tragedy. It's a national tragedy. And, you know, you put on a record that you've been listening to for X amount of years. And, you know, here you are. It sounds like a brand new record. You know, it sounds like you've never heard it this way before. And, you know, I, I wonder how many times that's happened during these times, because this is such a unique situation. I wonder how it does change you know, the, the way people absorb music that they've heard several times before. So that's, that's an interesting way, interesting perspective that you had to deal with while creating this album. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because you can listen to records for so many different reasons and for so many different purposes. You know, you might can have this record and this is the record that you only associate with, you've always associated with partying. And then all of a sudden now you happen to hear that record and now you associate it with something totally different because it's, because at that time it impacted you in a certain type of way. So it was, it was a fascinating trip, man, because like, you know, with classic stuff like that, you know, those, those two artists, you, you think you've heard it a million times already. Like you, 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 you never, it never makes you dislike it. But it's just like, oh, I've heard it. Like, I've heard it, you know, and you get so used to it. But then all of a sudden you go through this trip because of where you are and how you're feeling. And then the music hits you in a totally uh, different way, you know. And I think think that's probably happened to a lot of people because, you know, music has always been people's, you know, saving grace and solace. And, and, you know, a lot of people, you know, have gone and cling to music during these times. And so that's why it's very tough for the musicians because, uh, you know, when people have problems in their life, they, a lot of, you know, they they go to songs, they listen to songs, stuff that keeps them through. But, you know, there's people behind those songs that, you know, are insecure and already have a tons of different, you know, problems going on in their heads and stuff like that. And then something like this happens and now that only, only release that that person had to express themselves, they feel like now that that's taken away. So it's been a hell of a process because everyone's gone through that moment of depression who, who creates because a lot of us are already battling things. And uh, so it's been a, it's been quite a, uh, you know, a ride for, for musicians all around the world. You know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, it's a different time. And I often wonder, too, I mean, the ACDC album just came out, Power Up, and an album that a lot of people feel, including myself, it feels uplifting. It feels like, you know, you tap your foot, dance, and have a good time, and where's the party? And I wonder if 
that album would have came out under normal circumstances, would people have felt the same way? You know, because, mm. you know, here you are. Right. I mean, ACDC is a quintessential party band, right? I mean, every time you're at a party, oh, absolutely. At, at some point, there will be an ACDC song <laughs> being played. Yeah. And of course, you know, their last few albums I've been, you know, lukewarm to. I mean, there's been some moments on, on their records, you know, the ones that they've released over the last decade right. or so. But man, when I put this album in, it just connected with me. And I, and I often wonder, I mean, is it just because, you know, we have time to absorb it the proper way, you know? Mm. You know what mm, I mean? Yeah, a- ab- absolutely. I think a lot of people are, are finally getting an opportunity to let music play out you know what i mean and and, okay i can actually hear this whole record you know not me but i know a lot of people kind of you know they just you know they go on from one thing to the next but now you have an opportunity to actually sit down and listen to something in in its totality without saying i'm gonna listen to half now and and half tomorrow you know yeah because we go back to what you said about the Sabbath and Funkadelic records that you listened to several times, and here you are absorbing it under a completely different time, and it affects how you're creating music. And that's so interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so it's great that you know that this record, uh, you know, the ACDC record, is hit and and hit and has connected with people because you need that. You know, I think you need those things that can that can motivate you and and uh, make you feel make you feel good you know yeah i mean it's about time that we actually feel music again you know i mean we're so Absolutely. caught up in our lives we're being pulled in a million different directions you know with technology and social media and you know the news and media and everything you know it's like we're 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 not like we were years ago where we've we had moments where we could relax and, right. and we could absorb music and we could listen to music. And, and I've often said, too, when I was a kid, music was like a babysitter for me. And I think, you know, we not, and it's not just with music. It's, it's so many different things, relationships and everything where, you know, now I think why a lot of people might be getting frustrated with the lockdown is because this is how it was like, you know, like you didn't go out every night. You didn't have things right. like, to occupy your mind. You had, you know, you, you know, you had a certain number of channels on the TV and you had, you know, this or that in the refrigerator and, and your, what your, what your yeah. mother made for dinner is what you <laughs> right. ate for dinner, you know? So yeah. it's just a different way uh, of living life. And, you know, I think people have, had a difficult time adjusting to that because we're so caught up. But if you just slow down and realize this is an opportunity for you to kind of get back to where things were, you know, I'm not saying yeah. that, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, it's going to be that way, but to just relax and slow down and just kind of enjoy yeah. the simple things like music and, you know, enjoy that, absorb it. Don't just, you know, you know, how many times have you been in a car with somebody and they're listening to music and they skip, 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 skip. It's like, no man, <laughs> just, just let it play, dude. Let, let it, right. Let, let, this is, this is the time now that you listen to all the bonus tracks on, on the CDs and the alternate mixes and yeah. the mono mix and the, and this is, and when you listen to raw power from the Stooges, you can hear the Iggy mix and then listen to the Bowie mix. Hear the whole thing, both of them. Yeah. yeah. You know, this is the time to take advantage of that stuff, you know, because, you know, once once things are back to 
whatever normal they are, are we yeah. going to be able to do that again? You know, and, and, you know, when you think about the album that you guys did to kind of circle back with that, you know, it's, it's almost like it's, you know, what I've seen a lot of music coming out that was written and created during this pandemic. It's almost like it's a celebration, you know, it's almost like I'm making music under these stressful times. It's right. not all bad. You know, it, there's there's good things going on. And I think that's t- being lost in some conversations that people have with each other. Everyone's worried about, you know, this or that. Just, you know what, we got no choice, so just slow down and just enjoy things. Just enjoy it, yeah, and do it. I mean, yeah, absolutely, because doing, you know, when we were able to do it and uh, go in the studio and do what we did in that short period of time, it made me think about Black Sabbath and how quick they recorded their first record and, you know, and how quick they recorded their second record. Just seeing, you know, that, wait, man, you can do this. You can go in there and you can be focused. And um, it was exhilarating to, to to play and to do it. And it was great to write the music because I knew that that it was um, it was honest. And I think that that was the, the, you know, the most, I think, crucial thing and important thing, I think, for someone like me who feels like, you know, who's doing a retro style music is honesty. Because the honesty, you know, the reality, rather, is that we're super young. We're not, we weren't born in the 60s, we weren't born in the 70s and stuff like that. So, you know, when you're influenced by this and you're a modern band making that type of music, uh, how honest can you be, you know, without just ripping off your heroes or just making something you know, sound ridiculous? How on can you be yourself and pay homage to your to the people that you know you admire from there? And the, the pandemic and being inside and just with the guitar and just listening to the music, it allowed me to be as honest with the guitar as I wanted to be. And with the and with the music, and I think that was the most greatest feeling to to be able to know that this is you. What you're hearing right now, you're hearing the band pure. You're hearing the band. This is this is who we are. This is love, honey. You know, and uh, that was the, that was the, like a great accomplishment to know that we actually you know did that. You know. You know, I had a chance to listen to the album, and I really enjoyed songs like Wasted Time, Sandman Night, See, See Me Through, and Home. Those were like the highlights for me. Um, you know, so when can we expect, you know, the first single to drop? Well, looks like, uh, I guess we'll love to see something dropping probably... Looks like maybe January. I think January might be the idea that to, to, to drop a video for one of the for one of the uh, first songs and so so it'll definitely be something people will be able to hear before it before it comes out because we want to have some videos at least one or two to kind of get people and you know get people going so probably in January hopefully we can drop at least two videos in January are you excited? about what's going to be happening in 2021 or are you kind of nervous with clubs shutting down and you know places to play you know being less and less because of this situation 
Hmm. I guess I kind of, I, I, you know, I always feel like, I always feel like the underdog band anyway. And, and so feeling that way, I always feel, felt, you know, that I have, that we have to play 10 times better and write 10 times better and do all those things. And so, you know, with shows and stuff like that, this was one of the things that really didn't affect uh, us in a way because, uh, you know, we were, we, you know, it's, it's all, it was always tough to get opening acts and do stuff, you know, when you want, you know, for bigger bands and stuff because it's so much of a who you know basis for, for getting those type of things. So we were always just on the idea that, hey, man, we're going to do it even if we don't have to play shows somehow, some way we're going to, we're going to make things happen. So with, with things happening now, it, it does look very, you know, bleak for the, for that type of stuff. But we always look like we always felt that we can make it and do it regardless because we always felt like, you know, the underdog. So you can't stop fighting. And we just, we're always just going to find a way to, you know, push through, regardless and I think now with this new record I really think first record actually that we can you know chew into the the mainstream of, of rock and roll and, and, and bring and bring something different to the table interesting did you ever find yourself wondering if because of the pandemic that this was it you know I mean who knows are we going to make music anymore are we going to be able to survive through this what was that like for you Uh, man, I kind of, I think, I think with anything, I, I, I looked at, uh, with everything you make musically and different stuff like that. And I always try to, uh, feel like it should, you know, if I'm going to retire or stop, am I going to be happy with the stuff that I have? And, um, I definitely felt like uh, with with all the great stuff that we've been able to do that it was that the chapter that the story wasn't over and that we needed to really show people and give people you know the true all of what we feel is, is love honey and so uh, when this stuff happened and everything like that and you say oh man is this you know what's going to happen with music I kind of felt like if that is the case, I'm going to go, I'm going to go out swinging really strong. And that's why, uh, you know, start coming and thinking about, you know, making the record because I feel like that would really solidify us and put everything together with us having like 27 songs out once this record comes out and be like, oh man, this band has accomplished a lot independently on their own and made some really good music. So, yeah, it looks, I mean, it definitely, so it definitely felt like, okay, well, music's not going to happen. But I said, you know, with the time frame that is going on, you know, let's see if we can do something. Because, uh, you know, it, you know, when you hear about venues and all the things closing down and stuff like that, you say, oh, damn, you know. But I think we, uh, we pushed through. And that's, and I think that's, you know, what I always try to thrive for is just pushing through, you know, when it, when it, because when it looks its lowest, 
you're closer to the finish line than you actually think. And I think that's what the motivation to be like, okay, uh, I think we can come out stronger now than, than ever before. Yeah, you know, it's it's you never know what's going to be around the corner. And I always believe, too, for every response, there's always going to be a reaction. And then at, from that reaction, there'll be another reaction. And I think that because people have not been enjoying live music, going to their favorite club or theater or venue, I do yeah. think eventually, once people get more confident in that they can go out without getting sick, I do think you're going to see a resurgence. Now, when that happens, mm. I don't know. I don't think it's going to be immediate. But, I mean, when you think about all these bands that are going to be releasing music in 2021 that were hanging on to music because of the pandemic or even creating during the pandemic, a right. lot of bands are going to be coming out swinging, you know, and they're going to need a place to play. And everything is based on supply and demand. So yeah. when there's a huge demand for these shows again, I think the natural course of action is maybe not the same club, but there will be a resurgence in clubs opening up. Now, is it going to happen a, mo- a month after, you know, things are, right. you know, getting back to normal? Probably not, but it may take a bit to wash through it. But I think eventually I, you're going to see that because it just, it, that's just how the world works, right? I mean, yeah, things are going to shut down. And we should still support Save Our Stages. I don't want to say, you know, not, but it's going to take a bit. But I think eventually it it almost has to come back if all these bands are are going to be releasing new music and playing live. Yeah, I mean, I hope, I I would think so. But then I I hope that when, when that does happen, that things don't pick up and stay the way that they were or pick up right where they left off. Uh, prior to the pandemic, that is for a lot of the independent artists, because it's I've noticed that a lot of you know that there's some you know venues in New York City, for example, that you know have I've I've gotten the emails, my friends and different people have gotten emails about you know that they're struggling and closing their doors and things so 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 forth, which is terrible. But what's unfortunate is that these are the same venues that wouldn't have someone from their own city different bands that that are from the cities open up for people and perform there or do things to show the talent of of the actual city and now they're you know kind of putting themselves in the same boat as the independent performers who never even got an opportunity to play those and grace those stages so i hope that when things do come back that there's that the whole you know uh everything switches switches in a positive way where everybody will get an opportunity to grace certain stages and, you know, be a part of stuff because I'm seeing a lot of these venues reaching out to the very people that they would never return an email to. And, you know, and that is being exposed, you know, I'm not the only one that's, you know, that's calling out that type of stuff, but that's, so I hope that that changes. I hope that, you know, everyone gets an opportunity, you know, to be able to showcase what they have. And that a lot of this kind of, uh, you know, this person stuff changes because, you know, that's, that's got to stop. That's the only way, you know, we can be able to see music come back again. It's, it's got to get back organically and not just be based off of favorite stuff. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, is there a name for the album or is this self-titled? 
self self titled, right? Yeah, self titled. Uh, we went through some ideas, and self titled ended up being the one that stuck, just because it felt like uh, it was the best way of letting people know this is who we are, because it combines all of the stuff that that we love and that we've flirted with in our previous EPs and kind of now taking all those EPs and if you put those EPs and put them in a blender, you would get this record, this 10 song record. And then what is that 10 song record? That 10 song record is love honey. So, and you know, so that's what, so game self titles and, and uh, who knows if the next one will be love honey too, but I don't think, we're going to go in that Zeppelin route. <laughs> I don't think so. Well, Tommy, it's been a great conversation. Thank you very much for coming back on the show. I do appreciate it. Why don't you go tell everybody where they can find you on social media and tell them when the album will be released. All right. Thanks. So on social media, you can, you can find us on Instagram and uh, Instagram, Twitter, and you can go to our, website www.lovehoneymusic.com uh, it's going to have updates uh, very soon uh, announcing the new album and uh, you're, you'll be able to get vinyl pre-order vinyl and pre-order t-shirts for the record and uh, the record should be coming out in February and most likely the vinyl the limited releases will be coming out in March so just stay tuned for for everything, and we hope to be uh, racing your stages and television screens very soon. That's awesome. Thank you very again, <laughs> uh, Tommy. I appreciate it. Once again, that's Tommy White from Love Honey, the new album out February. Go check out their EPs. The last one was released in June. It's called Victory, and you can check it out. Is it on all platforms? Yes, sir, on all platforms. Uh Thanks, thank you everyone for the, the support, and thank you Jay for for giving uh, musicians, independent musicians, and all musicians a great platform. So that's very important. So everyone support uh, what he's doing because it's a really uh, dope movement. You know, keep doing your thing. Well, I appreciate that, Tommy. Thank you very much. Once again, everybody, I'm Jay Scott. This is the Hook Rocks, the Ultimate Rock Community Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy, and of course, we will talk again soon. Take care.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.